You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Presented by LL Flooring and Bank of America. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. What's going on in your neck of the woods if you are taking on a project as we roll towards the holiday season to get your house in shape for the friends in your bubble, those few that you will permit to visit you during this <laughs> Odd holiday season. Hey, look, you know, you're still going to fix up your house because we love to have a couple of folks over now and again. We want our house to look clean. And so whether it's a project that uh, you need to get done because you've got a repair that's necessary or an, an update or improvement you'd like to take on, and there's never been more improvement going on, frankly, than since COVID started because we're all spending so much darn time in our houses. We're trying to fix them up. I'm doing that. Leslie, you're doing that. Oh, we're all and, doing uh, that. We're all doing it. So whatever is on your to-do list, we would love to lend a hand. Now, there's a couple of ways that you can get in touch with us. You can head on over to our social media pages, in particular, facebook.com slash the money pit and send us a question that way. You can also post a question through our website, moneypit.com, or you can call us at one eight eight eight. Money Pit, and uh, we'll take your name, your number, your question, and we'll call you back the next time we're in the studio. Folks have been doing that all week. We've got some great callers that we're going to connect with uh, for this show. But first, here's what we've got coming up. You know, we're all trying to avoid germs more than ever right now, which makes it a good time to talk about hands-free motion-activated faucets. You know, these have been available in the commercial space for years, and just over the last two or three years, they've been showing up more on the residential side, and they're really cool. They're great for cutting down the spread of germs, and they really are a good, healthy fit for your house. So we're going to fill you in on the different types and what you need to know to put one in your home. And with the freezing weather coming up, now is a great time to make sure that a frozen or broken water pipe does not turn the inside of your home into a winter wonderland. One very special type of valve can stop this from happening to you. We'll explain how. I remember when I was a home inspector and uh, pipes had frozen and broken in a house that was uh, vacant, it was uh, being uh, managed by a relocation company. It was a winter wonderland, but I don't think they thought it was so wonderful. There were frozen streams of water everywhere. So definitely something you don't want to happen. We're going to give you some tips to make sure it doesn't. And also ahead, you ever wonder what the difference was between a garage and a home workshop or a craft room or a gym that you can use year-round? Well, the difference is about 20 or 30 degrees. So we're going to have some tips to help. So we're going to have some tips that you can use to help heat your garage so you can find more usable space year round. And we're launching a brand new sweepstakes for all of our Money Pit fans. It's called the Holiday Home Decor Giveaway. It's presented by Arrow Fastener and they've hooked us up with a dozen sets of tools worth over $125 each to give away. 
Yep, you get the tools to help with all your holiday decors and craft projects, including the T21X wire stapler, which is great for hanging those holiday lights. Enter now at moneypit.com slash sweepstakes. But first, let's get to your calls and your questions. Again, that number is 888-MONEY-PIT. Leslie, who's first? Maria in Florida is on the line who's looking for a easier way to clean some windows around the house. Uh, right, what's going I'm, on? Yes, I'm lazy. <laughs> and, um, and I've been reading the ads, you know, and spray and forget. Is there a window cleaner that I can use on the outside? that I could just spray and then forget. Okay. Yeah, so Spray and Forget's a fine product, and that's designed to clean uh, mold and mildew and algae and moss off of siding and roofs and surfaces like that and sidewalks. In terms of windows, so you're looking for a product you spray on and just does the cleaning for you, and I'm not aware of anything uh, that does uh, exactly that. I think that is a job that is always, once and forever, going to need our our own personal touch. Well, I mean, I feel like anything that you're going to spray on and leave on is going to leave a streak. Because you know it's you've got to completely remove whatever cleaning formula you put on there. Otherwise, it will streak or cloud or do something unusual. So that's the issue with cleaning glass. It's not like a product you can spray on a siding and let it sort of do the work. Yeah, there's a uh, there's a line of products that we like. They're cleaning products, including window cleaners, uh, made by a company called Jaws, J-A-W-S. It's JawsCleans.com. These are products that uh, where they sell you the concentrate and a mix and a bottle. And uh, for a fraction of the cost of buying uh, one that's already mixed up at the store, you can get a you know a dozen or more bottles full of this stuff by mixing it yourself with the concentrate. And I like it because it doesn't leave any streaks. And I told the guy that owns the company who I've become friendly with that I keep a bottle on my desk in my office because I clean computer screens and glasses with it. Uh, so you might want to take a look at that, jawscleans.com. I think there's a promo code there for the Money Pit that'll get you 20% off if you just enter Money Pit in the promo box. And that might be a product that's so easy to use that it wouldn't be so bad for you to have to clean those windows yourself. Okay, that sounds pretty good. I just have like 20 windows, and I don't want to clean them. <laughs> you know, you can always hire a pro. There's, pros, there's folks out there that that's all they do. Well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at the Money Pit. Okay, thank you. Len in Iowa, you've got the Money Pit. What can we do for you today? Well, I have a crawl space. You now we've had a couple of uh, real bad storms, a lot of rain. It, it hasn't flooded over the years that I've had the house, but uh, with all this rain concentrating a couple of days, uh, it has uh, collected water, and I'm wondering what, what, what's the best method to waterproof a crawl space? Well, I have fantastic news for you. This is a really easy project because you've told me all I need to know in mentioning that you generally have never had a wet crawl space before, but with all the heavy rain, you did develop one because this point's clearly not to a rising water table, which could be complicated to fix, but it points directly to an issue with the gutters around your house and the grating. There's too much water landing right around the foundation perimeter. That can happen if your gutters are blocked, they're too, if they're too small, or if the downspouts aren't extended away from the house enough. They need to be, in your case, four to six feet away to make sure that that water is not doing a U-turn back into that crawl space. On top of that, you should take a look at the grade, and if the soil is flat, if it's sloped into the house, um, that's another issue. You need to add clean fill dirt, which is good news, inexpensive, 
and you can slope it to drop about four inches, four or five, six inches over four feet, just a, about a 10 degree slope. Tamp it down real well, but you have that nice slope maintained. And then on top of that, you could plant grass, you could put stone, whatever you want, but you got to have that base soil like sloped properly. And those two things will make this problem go away. Uh, it might take a while because it's in the crawl space, but, but it will go away. The house that's down from the road about, uh, if you look from the elevation of the sidewalk, it sits down from the road about uh, eight foot. And, uh, but, uh, you know, as I said, I've, I've ne- I don't have this problem generally. It's pretty dry. I have it inspected every year uh, for termites. And uh, I asked the guys if it's dry, and they said, yes, it's dry. It, it's only been a problem. You know, in, in Raleigh, we've had, we had a... So we had the hurricane, and then right. and then uh, we had a lot of rain. So um, I'm just trying to make sure that uh, I think you know the furnace sets on a on a cinder block, a couple of cinder blocks up. It hasn't the water hasn't reached the furnace, so it's not like it's a major problem. Right. No, and I know that you know when this happens, people tend to want to speculate and calculate, and like you're saying, well, the road's here and the house is there. It's really simple. If you get water in a basement crawl space after heavy rain, it's always the grating in the gutters. Always. There are no exceptions to that. Okay? So the okay. solution is just to figure out what part of that is not working in your house, okay? You think I should you think I should replace gutters with uh... No, I think you should clean your gutters and I think you should extend the downspouts four to six feet away from the house so you don't have any water coming off that roof that's not drained going away those, from those your several property. feet from the house. I got it. I got okay? it. Okay. Yep. All right. Thanks Good a luck. Lot. Thanks so much Appreciate for calling it. us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Uh, another example of people always thinking that um, an expensive problem has an expensive solution. Not when it comes to keeping water out of the below grade spaces around your house. Very inexpensive solution. No, and a lot of it is all preventative. If you just get ahead of the problem, there will be no problem. Remember, you had that uh, wet basement years ago, Leslie. What was it? it was like a tennis ball or a toy or something that was in no, one of the downspouts? No, um, we had a buried downspout, so right. I couldn't see where it deposited. And at some point, it had disconnected. So it was going down the downspout, but was going nowhere underground. Right. And so it was literally just going right against my foundation wall. And it was the water in the basement wasn't even anywhere near that wall. I was convinced it was a sprinkler or something. You know, it had to be anything but. Because in the thick of it, you, you're just thinking it's something bigger, you know. And it, it doesn't always have to be. I told you the same thing that we told Len. It's always the drainage. I remember, like, immediately taking, like, a mat knife and started cutting out that carpet in the basement. We had just gotten the house. And I remember walking downstairs and being like, carpet in the basement? That's a terrible idea. And the people were like, it's cozy. <laughs> So it even happens to us. Now I've got Kathy on the line who's got a question about painting appliances. Tell us what's going on. Well, I have an old house with wide pine floors. And my current refrigerator, which is probably somewhere between 34 and 36 years old, um, is that lovely harvest gold. <laughs> you probably remember that color. Yep. So, so when I say harvest gold, you know I'm going back a lot of years. So I need a refrigerator. I mean, the one I have has been dying a slow death. So I can't get a color, a color refrigerator. They just don't make them. So I wanted to have it painted, and I was going to get a white refrigerator, and I found an auto body shop that would do it for me. But I just wanted to know, um, you know, I called the company that – I called Whirlpool because that's the company I'm going to buy the refrigerator from, and they don't recommend painting a refrigerator. So I just wanted to know what your opinion 
was about painting a refrigerator. So if we got this right, you're saying that you're going to buy a new refrigerator, but you're going to paint it in a lovely 1970s Harvest Gold? You can get sticky vinyls printed at a variety of places. You can do it online. I bet, you know, Staples or uh, Kinko's or something near you might also print on a sticky vinyl. And you can color match that refrigerator to a Pantone color, which is something that they'd be able to pull right up into the computer and get that exact match. And then you can have it printed on a sticky vinyl, almost like a, a adhesive paper. And you could go right on top of that. And you can get it in a matte finish paper. You can get it in a glossy finish paper. I mean, there's a variety of places online that do it. Just make sure that you get it wide enough so that you're doing it in one full width across the face of the fridge and to carry around to the sides. And truly, all you need is a steady hand and a squeegee, and it's better than painting it. And if you get tired of the Harvest Gold in the future, you can just peel it away. Oh, that sounds wonderful. I hadn't even thought of stables. Well, there you go. All right, Kathy. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at one eighty eight Money Pit. And i got to say, Leslie, it's the first time we've ever had a caller who wanted to keep a 40-year-old paint color. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. 
Ocketrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any Aquatrue purifier. Just go to Aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any Aquatrue water purifier when you go to Aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. Well, hands-free faucets have been around in commercial use for decades, but now they are designed more for the home, and they provide quite a few health and safety advantages. You know, for one, you don't need to worry about your hands being dirty or soapy or full, and they're also great for keeping the germ count down because you're going to have less hands touching less surfaces. Now, there are other advantages as well. You're going to save water because there's no run in the faucet while you're soaping up your hands. It's really great for people who have limited hand mobility. It's also great for the chef in the house because you're not reaching for the faucet with those raw contaminated food hands that you've got while you're cutting up the chicken and then you're like oh now i need to wash it off my hands let me touch the faucet with my hands. <laughs> I mean, it's really crazy how dirty those faucets get. And they're also great for kids who just can't reach. You just need to be able to touch or wave at that faucet and the water's going to come on. So there's so many benefits of these touch-free faucets. Super great. Yeah, and they work pretty much like a regular faucet in terms of installation. You have to plumb in the hot and the cold lines. But they also have a battery pack that operate the touch feature. Now, you might think that that's a battery that has to be replaced frequently. It actually doesn't because it's only powering a little tiny LED light. And so those batteries can last easily over a year. And when it does need to be replaced, well, piece of cake, you just snap open that battery pack and stick in a new battery. It's as easy as changing a battery in a flashlight. Rudy in Ohio is on the line with a question about a metal roof. How can we help you today? We had a hailstorm that damaged my roof and I wanted to replace it with a metal roof. And I wanted your opinion on whether this is good to leave the roof on. And there's a material called, a, it's come some kind of bubble-like insulation that can be put on there. And then just put the metal right over that versus tearing it off or even using furring strips over it. just wondered what your opinion would be on that. Sure. Well, listen, while you certainly could do that, I would not recommend it. And I'd never did that to my own house. I, I just think it's uh, it's penny wise and pound foolish, as my mother always used to say, because you're going to get the best job if you take that asphalt shingle roof off. I mean, you're talking about an investment grade roof here. When you put metal roof down, this roof's going to last you like 80, 100 years. This is going to outlast you and me. So you might as well do this right. And I would not trap asphalt shingles between that new metal roof uh, and the house for uh, the next uh, century. I think it's a really bad way to, to apply the roof, even though some people will do it that way if they really want to save a little bit of money. I think you're better off taking that roof right down to the original sheathing and putting the metal roof on as if it was the first roof that house ever got. That's going to give you the best job. It's going to look better, lay flatter, uh, and you're also going to be more energy efficient because that asphalt shingle roof will hold a lot of heat and make it more expensive for you to cool your house in the summertime. You mentioned that there's some sort of a bubble, something or other. All those underlayments that maybe have a tiny bit of air in and may be sold by contractors as an insulator, they offer such a, an infinitesimally small amount of insulation that I tell you, it's just not worth it. So I would do, I would take it right down to the roof sheathing. 
I wasn't thinking of it, about it as so much an insulation as just something to keep the metal from actually being in contact with the shingles. Yeah, one of the issues that when you put it against uh, asphalt shingles is, you know, if those shingles are deformed in any way, uh, you know, it's going to sort of transmit right through to the metal. So it's a way to kind of smooth things out. But it's just not a good idea. I mean, you're going to get a better installation out of that metal roof if you can just go right to the wood. Uh, and just do it once, do it right, and you'll never have to worry about it again, okay? It's going to add some value to your house as well. Take care. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Pit. And by the way, if you're listening to this call and thinking, well, does that apply to asphalt shingle roofs as well? If you're putting on a new asphalt shingle roof, it absolutely does. You don't want to put a second layer on for the same reasons. It's not going to lay right. It's going to hold a lot of heat. It's going to raise your cooling uh, costs because it'll make the attic that much hotter. You're just going to get a better job all the way around if you always remove your old roofing materials first and then put on the new roofing surface after that. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey, with the holidays right around the corner, what are you guys doing to get your house all decorated and fun and festive? I bet you're working on a lot of things, putting up new lights, looking around the house for things to look really cute. Well, have we got a great opportunity for you guys to win some excellent tools for the holiday season. It's the Arrow Fastener Holiday Home Decor Giveaway. Twelve winners, guys, are going to receive a set of tools from Arrow Fastener worth over $125 to help you with your home improvement holiday decor and crafts. Now, one of the tools in this kit is the P21 Plier Stapler. Now, I really like this because, first of all, you're going to be baking cookies and all types of baked goods and putting them in those adorable little bags with the gift tags. This stapler allows you to just go flat across the top, one-handed, no opening anything up. It's really fantastic. Plus, any gifts that you're putting in a gift bag, same deal. You can decorate it right away with your plier stapler, get that label on, super fast, super helpful for the holiday season. But don't forget, guys, it's a huge prize pack worth 125 bucks with four tools. You can enter once a day, so do so today at moneypit.com slash sweepstakes. That's moneypit.com slash sweepstakes. Time to get into the ho-ho home improvement mood. Eleanor in Florida, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? My son has a house in South Carolina that has a floating dock on a pond in the backyard. And uh, the geese love to do their business on that deck. But they do. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we wondered what he could do to let them go somewhere else. Well, look, there's three different sort of categories of repellent. There's, There's chemical, and I honestly don't know a lot about that. Um, there's, uh, also sound, which can annoy the heck out of your neighbors. There's different types of like motion activated alarms, so to speak. Some of them sound like gunshots. Uh, some of them are like a horn 
And when the geese land or fly in the path of the motion detection, it goes off. Um, and then the third one, I would call them sort of ornaments. And the, we often recommend, like, for example, with woodpeckers hanging on the house, like shiny pie plates and things like that that spin the breeze. Well, they actually have different types of ornaments. You can find them, for example, on Amazon.com, and you can find the ones that have the best ratings. And essentially what they are are like sort of discs that um, spin around, and they're shiny, and they kind of annoy the birds, and then they kind of stay away from it. But that's kind of really the three categories that uh, that folks use to try to minimize the amount of geese. They can be a real problem. So I I don't envy what you guys are going through, but that's kind of uh, what you got to do to try to deal with them. You can either use a sound device, you could use a chemical uh, repellent, or you could use one of these ornaments that basically deter them from landing. Okay? We got pie plates. <laughs> All right. We'll start with that. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Thank you. I love your show. Thank you very much. Well, broken water pipes can cause expensive home headaches, and they happen most in the wintertime. That's because pipes are carrying the water. They freeze, they expand, and then they burst. And when the water defrosts or isn't frozen anymore, it just starts running like crazy all around your house. Now, ironically, though, the pipe most susceptible to freezing is the outdoor hose faucet, and it's also the easiest to protect. Yeah, all you need to do is replace the traditional hose faucets with frost-proof or freeze-proof faucets. You'll never have to worry about it freezing and breaking as long as the inside of your home is heated. Now, with a standard faucet, the supply pipe connects to the faucet outside. And yeah, there's probably a shutoff valve, but the problem is that pipe is copper, and copper transfers the cold pretty darn well. It transfers it right back into the house. It freezes the pipe, it expands, and it breaks. And that is a really bad thing. Because once it breaks, especially if you're not home, there's no stopping the water flow. Oh, my goodness. Do you remember, Tom, years ago I was at Disney with my mom and the boys? And I got a phone call from my mom's housekeeper from the family vacation home. Mm -hmm. And she was like, the water is everywhere. Yeah, I I do remember that. We had several pipes burst. And it truly, it was like a waterfall coming from the ceiling, which also the ceiling was on the floor. So, you know, it's definitely a huge headache, guys. It wasn't the most magical place on earth, was it? Oh, no. I was like, I'm about to get on. The runaway train. Can I call you right back? No, I mean, it was truly what a disaster. But guys, it's an easy project to replace that faucet outside. But it's not a do-it-yourself project because installing one of these faucets involves soldering with a propane torch. So it truly is a project for experienced pros. And you're going to still need to add a shutoff valve for these faucets on the interior side of the home. Now, those frost-proof valves, guys, it's not going to 100% say you're never going to have a broken pipe, but it truly is better safe than sorry. And by the way, if you're going to do this project, you want to make sure there's also a shutoff inside the house, you know, near where the pipe goes out through the wall for your garden hose, but inside. And then just remember to shut those off in the wintertime. And one more step. On the valve itself is a little tiny brass cap. You should loosen that up and let it drain because that's the water that remains in the pipe between the shutoff and the valve outside. Even that 12 inches worth of water in that short pipe can cause the pipe to expand and break. So all these little things that we're suggesting will make sure it does not happen to you. And you know what? There's one person out there that never, ever, ever forgets to do this. And that's the guy that's had it happen. (laughs) Never forget again. (laughs) I mean, truly. (laughs) Never forget again. George in Texas is on the line with the driveway question. What can we do for you today? Well, I uh, was wondering about some uh, fairly big cracks in my concrete driveway. 
anything to do with that. So are these new cracks, George, or uh, have they been there for a while? Uh, yeah, they've been there for a while. The concrete's probably 40 years old. Okay. How wide are the cracks? How far open are they? Maybe a half inch. Two things. Um, number one, you can repair these, and Crete makes a number of products that, that can help. Um, but one thing that you want to do is because the cracks are so wide is you're going to have to insert what's called a backer rod in there first, which is like a very small foam tube. And you press that down until it's about a half inch below the surface or maybe three-eighths of an inch below the surface. And then you can use a flowable urethane caulk on top of that. And and the reason you're putting the backer rod in there is so, so that you don't lose a lot of the, of the joint sealing material down all the way down to the ground. And once you do this, and if you do it right, then that seal will expand and contract and it won't crack again. Okay, so you, you stuff the crack with a backer rod and then you repair it with a urethane sealant. Okay, what is it I'm putting first in the crack? It's called a backer rod. It's like a, a foam tube. Oh, okay. It's like a styrofoam tube. It comes in different, different diameters gap. just to fill the gap. I see, okay. And then all the smaller ones just don't do that. Put the, the second item in there. And then you apply the flowable urethane, okay? And that ought to do it. Okay, thank you so much. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, if you're an avid DIYer and happen to have a garage, you can bet that there are many projects that get worked on in that space. But in winter, that gets a lot tougher as the garage is that one place under the roof which isn't heated typically. But today, garages are just likely to serve as laundry rooms, workshops, play areas, or even spaces for your pets. So adding garage heating is a task that can become a very popular project, especially since so few of us use that space for, you know, actually putting a car in. Yeah, now if this is a project you want to explore, the most common option is a forced air heater. You got options. These will deliver instant heat like a conventional furnace, and they're designed to solve any outdoor heating need, which technically this is because it's in an unheated space. They're available in gas or electric. They're easy to use and reasonably easy to install, and they're a great way to warm up an entire garage. Now, if you're using a gas-fired unit, of course, you do need a gas line. You need an electrical outlet. Uh, The size depends on how much space you need to heat and where you are in the country. Yeah. Now, a basic rule of thumb for forced air garage heaters is that you're going to need 45,000 BTUs to heat a two to two and a half car garage and 60,000 BTUs for a three car garage. So you've got to keep that in mind by comparison to your home's heating system because that's going to be a lot of extra heating expense. Now, one way to cut down that heating expense is to insulate your garage. Remember that usually only the wall between the house and the garage is likely to contain insulation, and detached garages may have absolutely no insulation. So insulate all those exterior walls. And remember that the doors, the garage doors, those big old doors are not insulated for the most part, but they're easy to add insulation to. You can use foam panels and add them to the inside of the garage door, and they can definitely help as well as reduce noise transfer if you're already Considering a new garage door, though, make sure you specify an insulated one because it really adds a very small cost to the overall project. Lynn in Arkansas is on the line and needs some help with the chimney. What can we do for you? Well, I have a uh, 1980s brick fireplace. It is surrounded by library paneling, so the brick surface area is just the hearth and a row of bricks on either side of the fireplace and perhaps two rows of bricks above the fireplace until it meets the mantle and then library paneling from there up. I want to give it a facade, and I thought about stuccoing it or 
plaster of Paris or perhaps tiling it. I want to attempt to do this myself, and I didn't know if I was overstepping my boundaries. Leslie, I think the tiling is kind of a cool idea because that would be very attractive on a fireplace. I like that a lot better than stuccoing it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I even like outside of tiling, you can face it with marble or a granite. Mm -hmm. And that can really look beautiful, and you can do that in a fuller sheet. They almost do it in three pieces, and that looks stunning. You can also do it in a a faux stone, so it looks like a ledge stone or a river rock. You know, that really gives it some characteristic. I mean, it's gorgeous that way. Could this go directly on top of the brick, or would I need to uh, prep the brick? I I imagine I would need to seal the um, brick grout lines um, to make it uh, a smooth finish. Perhaps no, because the, the, well, I mean, the tile could pretty much go over that. Right, and it you're might adhesive. Be a little tricky. Yeah, yeah, you would adhere it right to the brick. It might be a little tricky on the grout, but I, I don't think you have to put any kind of sheathing over it or anything like that. Okay, I mean, cool. Very I good. wouldn't. I think your adhesive is going to be enough. The only instance is if you had like a super uneven surface. Like I had mm-hmm. a very old fireplace that the surface was... It almost was like a coral, but it was like this old cement stucco that looked like coral that was all uneven. And I put, you know, a cement board over that just to give me a level playing field. But if you've got an even surface, I think that's the way to go. Wonderful. Okay, I'm going to try this. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. What are you working on this almost holiday season? Whatever it is, we are here to lend a hand. So be sure to post your questions at facebook.com slash the money pit, just like Debbie did. Now, Debbie writes, we have a 20 year old home that has the original oak cabinets in the kitchen. Is there a product that we can use that will prep them for painting without all of the sanding? We're going to be selling soon. Don't want to put in all of the time into them by sanding them. You know, I feel your pain being in a rush and all that, but you can't rush this project. I mean, if you do, it's going to be one big mess. And a lot of times we see homeowners that are just trying to put a whitewash on everything in the house with a quick coat of paint. And uh, I tell you, as a home inspector, that does not bode well for my report because I suspect that uh, you should have been paying a little more attention to your home care and maintenance by doing things right. Now, um, if you want to take on this project, what you really ought to think about doing is lightly sanding. You don't have to heavily sand. Lightly sanding those surfaces and cleaning them well to remove any grease and grime. But one thing that will make it easier is to use the right kind of primer. There is a primer Debbie called high bond primer or bonding primer. And the difference between that and the kind you might use on your walls is it's designed to stick to the slick surfaces of the cabinets and the oil-based finishes and all that sort of stuff. I would definitely apply a bonding primer followed by a uh, solvent-based or oil-based top coat, maybe semi-gloss so that the cabinets become cleanable. If you do this right and you do it well, uh, they're going to stand up. You don't want the paint to start peeling off as uh, new prospective home buyers are walking through and opening up and looking at every nook and cranny. could really um, sour the entire deal if they think that the first thing you're going to have to do is replace your kitchen. I mean, and those painted cabinets can be really gorgeous. You're absolutely right. And you know what? If you do a good job, it's really going to give you a nice return on your investment. Yep. Good point. All right. Next up, we've got a post here from Anne in Florida. She writes, I live in a second floor condo of a three story building. The neighbor next to me just discovered that she has black mold growing on several of her walls. I have walls that are adjacent to some of hers. Should I worry? 
Possibly. I mean, Florida is a damp, moist place where you typically get a lot of mold. I think it's definitely something you have to stay on top of because you have a connected wall there. If there was a leak that got, for example, into the wall, maybe even not caused by your neighbor, it could be just a roof leak in the building or something, it may start to grow you know, inside that wall and it's not going to respect any property lines. I'll tell you that. It's going to come through all sides. So I would stay in touch with the neighbor and with the condominium association. Make sure that uh, this is properly addressed, which by the way, doesn't mean the maintenance guy goes in there with a bottle of bleach. You know, one of the worst things you can do is have an amateur try to clean mold because you release spores to the world, to the, to the air. And if you're sensitive to that particular type of mold, you're going to get very, very uncomfortable. So it needs to be taken care of by a professional. So I would definitely communicate that. Uh, and especially to the association who is going to have ownership of those common structures, which could be the wall in between you and the neighbor and do so in writing so that there is a documented record that uh, you made them aware of the problem and uh, ask them to have it properly and professionally fixed. All right, and good luck with that. Remember, the quicker you tackle this problem, the less of an issue it's going to be. So get right on it. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show, and we want to take a moment just to say thank you. Thank you all for taking time out of your day to listen to this program. We hope that we bring value to your lives. We hope that we bring value to your home improvement and decor projects. And we will be here if something pops up in your Money Pit and you need a hand. You can always reach us at moneypit.com. Post your question right there or through one of our social media channels or call us. 24-7 24-7 at one money But if we're not in the studio, we will call you back the next time we are. But for now, it's time to go. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a body pit.